Hare Krishna. This is a reading from the Srimad Bhagavatam, with translations and purports by His Divine Grace, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada. First Canto, Chapter 18, Texts 11 through 23. Text 11. The good sages said, O grave Sutta Goswami, may you live many years and have eternal fame, for you are speaking very nicely about the activities of Lord Krishna, the personality of Godhead. This is just like nectar for mortal beings like us. Report by Srila Prabhupada. When we hear about the transcendental qualities and activities of the Personality of Godhead, we may always remember what has been spoken by the Lord Himself in the Bhagavad Gita 4.9. His acts, even when He acts in human society, are all transcendental, for they are all actuated by the spiritual energy of the Lord, which is distinguished from His material energy. As stated in the Bhagavad Gita, such acts are called divyam. This means that he does not act or take birth like an ordinary living being under the custody of the material energy. Nor is his body material or changeable like that of an ordinary living being. Anyone who understands this fact, either from the Lord or from authorized sources, is not reborn after leaving the present material body. Such an enlightened soul is admitted into the spiritual realm of the Lord and engages in transcendental loving service of the Lord. Therefore, the more we hear about the transcendental activities of the Lord, as they are stated in the Bhagavad Gita and Srimad Bhagavatam, then the more we can know about His transcendental nature and thus make definite progress on the path back to Godhead. Text 12. We have just begun the performance of this fruitive activity, a sacrificial fire, without certainty of its result due to many imperfections in our action. Our bodies have become black from the smoke, but we are factually pleased by the nectar of the lotus feet of the personality of Godhead, Govinda, which you are distributing. Purport by Srila Prabhupada The sacrificial fire kindled by the sages of Namasharanya was certainly full of smoke and doubts because of so many flaws the first flaw is that there is an acute scarcity of expert Brahmins able to carry out such performances successfully in this age of Kali. Any discrepancy in such sacrifices spoils the whole show, and the result is uncertain. 
like agricultural enterprises. The good result of tilling the paddy field depends on providential rain, and therefore the result is uncertain. Similarly, performance of any kind of sacrifice in this age of Kali is also uncertain. Unscrupulous, greedy Brahmins of the age of Kali induce the innocent public to such uncertain sacrificial shows without disclosing the scriptural injunction that in the age of Kali there is no fruitful sacrifice performance but the sacrifice of the congregational chanting of the holy name of the Lord. Sutta Goswami was narrating the transcendental activities of the Lord before the congregation of sages, and they were factually perceiving the result of hearing these transcendental activities. One can feel this practically, as one can feel the result of eating food. Spiritual realization acts in that way. The sages of Namasharan were practically sufferers from the smoke of the sacrificial fire and were doubtful about the result. But by hearing from a realized person like Sutta Goswami, they were fully satisfied. In the Brahmavivarta Purana, Vishnu tells Shiva that in the age of Kali, men, full of anxieties of various kinds, can vainly labor in fruitive activity and philosophical speculations. But when they are engaged in devotional service, the result is sure and certain, and there is no loss of energy. In other words, nothing performed for spiritual realization or for material benefit can be successful without the devotional service to the Lord. Text 13. Tulayama Levanapi Nasvargam Napunar Bhavam Bhagavat Sangi Sangasya Martyanam Kim Utashishaha. The value of a moment's association with the devotees of the Lord cannot even be compared to the attainment of heavenly planets or liberation from matter, and what to speak of worldly benedictions in the form of material prosperity which are for those who are meant for death. Report by Srila Prabhupada When there are some similar points, it is possible to compare one thing to another. One cannot compare the association of a pure devotee to anything material. Men who are addicted to material happiness aspire to reach the heavenly planets, like the moon, Venus, and Indraloka. And those who are advanced in material philosophical speculations aspire after liberation from all material bondage. When one becomes frustrated with all kinds of material advancement, one desires the opposite type of liberation, which is called aponor bhava, or no rebirth. But the pure devotees of the Lord do not aspire after the happiness obtained in the heavenly kingdom, nor do they aspire after liberation from material bondage. In other words, for the pure devotees of the Lord, the material pleasures obtainable in the heavenly planets are like phantasmagoria. 
And, because they are already liberated from material conceptions of pleasure and distress, they are factually liberated even in the material world. This means that the pure devotees of the Lord are engaged in a transcendental existence, namely, in the loving service of the Lord, both in the material world and in the spiritual world. As a government servant is always the same, either in the office or at home or any place, so a devotee has nothing to do with anything material, for he is exclusively engaged in the transcendental service of the Lord. Since he has nothing to do with anything material, what pleasure can he derive from material benedictions, like kingship or other overlordships, which are finished quickly with the end of the body? Devotional service is eternal. It has no end, because it is spiritual. Therefore, since the assets of a pure devotee are completely different from material assets, there is no comparison between the two. Sutta Goswami was a pure devotee of the Lord, and therefore his association with the rishis in Namasharanya is unique. In the material world, association with gross materialists is veritably condemned. The materialist is called Yoshitsangi, or one who is very much attached to material entanglement, women and other paraphernalia. Such attachment is conditioned because it drives away the benedictions of life and prosperity. And just the opposite is Bhagavat Sangi, or one who is always in the association with the Lord's name, form, qualities, etc. Such association is always desirable. It is worshipable. It is praiseworthy. And one may accept it as the highest goal of life. Text 14. The Personality of Godhead, Lord Krishna, Govinda, is the exclusive shelter for all great living beings, and his transcendental attributes cannot even be measured by such masters of mystic power as Lord Shiva and Lord Brahma. Can anyone who is expert in relishing nectar or rasa ever be fully satiated by hearing topics about him? Purport by Srila Prabhupada Lord Shiva and Lord Brahma are two chief of the demigods. They are full of mystic powers. For example, Lord Shiva drank an ocean of poison, of which one drop was sufficient to kill an ordinary living being. Similarly, Brahma could create many powerful demigods, including Lord Shiva. So they are Isvaras, or lords of the universe. But they are not the supreme powerful. The supreme powerful is Govinda, Lord Krishna. He is the transcendence, and his transcendental attributes cannot be measured even by such powerful isvaras as Shiva and Brahma. Therefore, Lord Krishna is the exclusive shelter of the greatest of all living beings. Brahma is counted amongst the living beings, 
but he is the greatest of all of us. And why is the greatest of all living beings so much attached to the transcendental topics of Lord Krishna? Because he is the reservoir of all enjoyment. Everyone wants to relish some kind of taste in everything, but one who is engaged in the transcendental loving service of the Lord can derive unlimited pleasure from such engagement. The Lord is unlimited, and his name, attributes, pastimes, entourage, varied gatedness, etc., are unlimited. And those who relish them can do so unlimitedly and still not feel satiated. This fact is confirmed in the Padma Purana. Ramante Yoginonante Satyananda Chid Atmani Eti Ramha Padane Sha Param Brahma Vidhiyate. The mystics derive unlimited transcendental pleasure from the Absolute Truth, and therefore the Supreme Absolute Truth, the Personality of Godhead, is also known as Ram. There is no end to such transcendental discourses. In mundane affairs, there is the law of satiation. But in transcendence, there is no such satiation. Sutta Goswami desired to continue the topics of Lord Krishna before the sages of Namasharanya, and the sages also expressed their readiness to hear from him continuously. Since the Lord is transcendence, and his attributes are transcendental. Such discourses increase the receptive mood of the purified audience. Text 15 O Sutta Goswami, you are a learned and pure devotee of the Lord, because the Personality of Godhead is your chief object of service. Therefore, please describe to us the pastimes of the Lord, which are above material conception, for we are anxious to receive such messages. Purport by Srila Prabhupada The speaker on the transcendental activities of the Lord should have only one object of worship and service, Lord Krishna, the Supreme Personality of Godhead. And the audience for such topics should be anxious to hear about Him. When such a combination is possible, namely a qualified speaker and a qualified audience, it is then and there very much congenial to continue discourses on the transcendence. Professional speakers and a materially absorbed audience cannot derive real benefit from such discourses. Professional speakers make a show of the Bhagavat Saptaha for the sake of family maintenance, and the materially disposed audience hears such discourses of the Bhagavat Saptaha for some material benefit, namely religiosity, wealth, gratification of the senses, or liberation. Such Bhagavatam discourses are not purified from the contamination of the material qualities. But the discourses between the saints of Namasharanya and Srila Sutta Goswami are on the transcendental level. There is no motive for material gain. In such discourses, 
unlimited transcendental pleasure is relished, both by the audience and by the speaker, and therefore they can continue the topics for many thousands of years. Now, Bhagavat Saptahas are held for seven days only, and after finishing the show, both the audience and the speaker become engaged in material activities, as usual. They can do so because the speaker is not Bhagavat Pradhan, and the audience is not Shushushatam, as explained above. Text 16 O Sutta Goswami, please describe those topics of the Lord by which Maharaj Parikit, whose intelligence was fixed on liberation, attained the lotus feet of the Lord, who is the shelter of Garuda, the king of birds. Those topics were vibrated by the son of Vyas, Srila Sukadeva. Purport by Srila Prabhupada There is some controversy among the students on the path of liberation. Such transcendental students are known as impersonalists and devotees of the Lord. The devotee of the Lord worships the transcendental form of the Lord, whereas the impersonalist meditates upon the glaring effulgence, or the bodily rays of the Lord, known as the Brahmajyoti. Here in this verse, it is said that Maharaj Parikit attained the lotus feet of the Lord by instructions and knowledge delivered by the son of Vyas, Srila Sukadev Goswami. Sukadev Goswami was also an impersonalist in the beginning, as he himself has admitted in the Bhagavatam 2.19. But later on, he was attracted by the transcendental pastimes of the Lord and thus became a devotee. Such devotees with perfect knowledge are called Mahabhagavats, or first-class devotees. There are three classes of devotees, namely the Prakrita, Madhyama, and Mahabhagavat. The Prakrita, or third-class devotees, are temple worshippers without specific knowledge of the Lord and the Lord's devotees. The Madhyama, or the second-class devotee, knows well the Lord, the Lord's devotees, the neophytes, and the non-devotees also. But the Mahabhagavat, or the first-class devotee, sees everything in relation with the Lord and the Lord present in everyone's relation. The Mahabhagavat, therefore, does not make distinctions, particularly between a devotee and a non-devotee. Maharaj Parikit was such a Mahabhagavat devotee because he was initiated by a Mahabhagavat devotee, Sukadev Goswami. He was equally kind, even to the personality of Kali and what to speak of others. So there are many instances in the transcendental histories of the world of an impersonalist who has later become a devotee. But a devotee has never become an impersonalist. This very fact proves that on the transcendental steps, the step occupied by devotees 
is higher than the step occupied by an impersonalist. It is also stated in the Bhagavad Gita, 12.5, that persons stuck on the impersonal step undergo more sufferings than achievement of reality. Therefore, knowledge imparted by Sukadev Goswami unto Maharaj Parikhet helped him attain the service of the Lord. And this stage of perfection is called Apavarga, or the perfect stage of liberation. Simple knowledge of liberation is material knowledge. Actual freedom from material bondage is called liberation. But attainment of the transcendental service of the Lord is called the perfect stage of liberation. Such a stage is attained by knowledge and renunciation, as we have already explained in the Srimad Bhagavatam 1.2.12. And perfect knowledge, as delivered by Srila Sukadev Goswami, results in the attainment of the transcendental service of the Lord. Text 17 Thus, please narrate to us the narrations of the unlimited, for they are purifying and supreme. They were spoken to Maharaj Parekat, and they are very dear to the pure devotees, being full of bhakti-yoga. Purport by Śrīla Prabhupāda What was spoken to Maharaj Parekat, and what is very dear to the pure devotees, is Śrīmad Bhāgavatam. Śrīmad Bhāgavatam is mainly full of narrations of the activities of the Supreme Unlimited, and therefore, it is the science of bhakti-yoga, or the devotional service of the Lord. Thus it is para, or supreme, because although it is enriched with all knowledge and religion, it is specifically enriched with the devotional service of the Lord. Text 18. Sri Sutta Goswami replied, O God, although we are born in a mixed caste, we are still promoted in birthright simply by serving and following the great, or advanced in knowledge. Even by conversing with such great souls, one can without delay cleanse oneself of all disqualifications resulting from lower births. Purport by Srila Prabhupada Sutta Goswami did not take his birth in a Brahmin family. He was born in a family of mixed caste, or an uncultured, low family. But because of higher association, like Sri Sukadev Goswami and the great rishis of Namasharanya, certainly the disqualification of inferior birth was washed off. Lord Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu followed this principle in pursuance of the Vedic usages, and by his transcendental association, he elevated many low-born, or those disqualified by birth or action, to the status of devotional service and established them in the position of acharyas, or authorities. He clearly stated that any man 
whatever he may be, whether a Brahmin or a Sudra by birth, or a householder or a mendicant in the orders of society, if he is conversant with the science of Krishna, he can be accepted as an Acharya or Guru, a spiritual master. Sutta Goswami learned the science of Krishna from great rishis and authorities like Sukadev and Vyasadev, and he was so qualified that even the sages of Namasharanya eagerly wanted to hear from him the science of Krishna in the form of Srimad Bhagavatam. So he had the double association of great souls by hearing and preaching. Transcendental science, or the science of Krishna, has to be learned from the authorities. And when one preaches the science, he becomes still more qualified. So Sutta Goswami had both the advantages, and thus he undoubtedly was completely freed from all disqualifications of low birth and mental agonies. This verse definitely proves that Srila Sukadev Goswami did not refuse to teach Sutta Goswami about the transcendental science, nor did the sages of Namasharanya refuse to hear lessons from him because of his inferior birth. This means that thousands of years ago, there was no bar to learning or preaching the transcendental science because of an inferior birth. The rigidity of the so-called caste system in Hindu society became prominent within only 100 years or so, when the number of Dvija Bandhus, or disqualified men in the families of the higher castes, increased. Lord Sri Chaitanya revived the original Vedic system, and he elevated Thakur Haridas to the position of Namacharya, or the authority in the preaching the glories of the holy name of the Lord, although His Holiness, Srila Haridas Thakur, was pleased to appear in the family of Mohammedans. Such is the power of pure devotees of the Lord. The Ganges water is accepted as pure, and one can become purified after taking bath in the waters of the Ganges. But as far as the great devotees of the Lord are concerned, they can purify a degraded soul, even by being seen by the lowborn. And what to speak of association? Lord Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu wanted to purify the whole atmosphere of the polluted world by sending qualified preachers all over the world. And it remains with the Indians to take up this task scientifically and thus do the best kind of humanitarian work. The mental diseases of the present generation are more acute than bodily diseases. It is quite fit and proper to take up the preaching of Srimad Bhagavatam all over the world without delay. Mahatmanam Abhidhana also means Dictionary of Great Devotees or a book full of the words of the great devotees. Such a dictionary of the words of great devotees and those of the Lord are in the Vedas and allied literatures, specifically the Srimad Bhagavatam. Text 19 and what to speak of those who are under the direction of the great devotees, chanting the holy names of the unlimited, who has unlimited potency. 
The personality of Godhead, unlimited in potency and transcendental by attributes, is called Ananta, or unlimited. Purport by Srila Prabhupada The Duijabandu, or the less intelligent, uncultured men born of higher castes, put forward many arguments against the lower caste men becoming Brahmins in this life. They argue that birth in a family of sudras or less than sudras is made possible by one's previous sinful acts, and that one therefore has to complete the terms of the disadvantages due to lower birth. And to answer these false logicians, Srimad Bhagavatam asserts that one who chants the holy name of the Lord under the direction of a pure devotee can at once get free from the disadvantages due to a lower birth. The pure devotee of the Lord does not commit any offense while chanting the holy name of the Lord. There are ten different offenses in chanting the holy name of the Lord. To chant the holy name under the direction of a pure devotee is offenseless chanting. Offenseless chanting of the holy name of the Lord is transcendental, and therefore such chanting can at once purify one from the effects of all kinds of previous sins. This offenseless chanting indicates that one has fully understood the transcendental nature of the holy name and has thus surrendered unto the Lord. Transcendentally, the holy name of the Lord and the Lord himself are identical, being absolute. The holy name of the Lord is as powerful as the Lord. The Lord is the all-powerful personality of Godhead, and he has innumerable names, which are all non-different from him and are equally powerful also. In the last word of the Bhagavad Gita, the Lord asserts that one who surrenders fully unto him is protected from all sins by the grace of the Lord. Since his name and he himself are identical, the holy name of the Lord can protect the devotee from all the effects of sins. The chanting of the holy name of the Lord can undoubtedly deliver one from the disadvantages of a lower caste birth. The Lord's unlimited power is extended on and on by the unlimited expansion of the devotees and incarnations. And thus, every devotee of the Lord, and incarnations also, can be equally surcharged with the potency of the Lord. Since the devotee is surcharged with the potency of the Lord, even fractionally, the disqualification due to lower birth cannot stand in the way. Text 20. It is now ascertained that he, the personality of Godhead, is unlimited, and there is none equal to him. Consequently, no one can speak of him adequately. Great demigods cannot obtain the favor of the goddess of fortune, even by prayers. But this very goddess renders service unto the Lord, although he is unwilling to have such service. Purport by Srila Prabhupada The Personality of Godhead, 
or the Parameswara Parabrahman, according to the Shrutis, has nothing to do. He has no equal, nor does anyone excel him. He has unlimited potencies, and his every action is carried out systematically in his natural and perfect ways. Thus the Supreme Personality of Godhead is full in himself, and he has nothing to accept from anyone else, including the great demigods, like Brahma. Others ask for the favor of the goddess of fortune, and despite such prayers, she declines to award such favors. But still, she renders service under the Supreme Personality of Godhead, although he has nothing to accept from her. The Personality of Godhead, in his Garbhodakshai feature, begets Brahma, the first created person in the material world, from his navel lotus stem, and not in the womb of the goddess of fortune, who is eternally engaged in his service. These are some of the instances of his complete independence and perfection. That he has nothing to do does not mean that he is impersonal. He is transcendentally so full of inconceivable potencies that simply by his willing, everything is done without physical or personal endeavor. He is called, therefore, Yogeshwara, or the Lord of all mystic powers. Text 21 Who can be worthy of the name of the Supreme Lord but the personality of Godhead Sri Krishna? Brahmaji collected the water emanating from the nails of his feet in order to award it to Lord Shiva as a worshipful welcome. That very water, the Ganges, is purifying the whole universe, including Lord Shiva. Purport by Srila Prabhupada the conception of many gods in the Vedic literatures by the ignorant is completely wrong. The Lord is one, without a second, but he expands himself in many ways, and this is confirmed in the Vedas. Such expansions of the Lord are limitless, but some of them are the living entities. The living entities are not as powerful as the Lord's plenary expansions, and therefore there are two types of expansions. Lord Brahma is generally one of the living entities, and Lord Shiva is the medium between the Lord and the living entities. In other words, even demigods like Lord Brahma and Lord Shiva, who are the chief amongst all demigods, are never equal to or greater than Lord Vishnu, the Supreme Personality of Godhead. The goddess of fortune, Lakshmi, and all-powerful demigods like Brahma and Shiva are engaged in the worship of Vishnu or Lord Krishna. Therefore, who can be more powerful than Mukunda, Lord Krishna, to be factually called the Supreme Personality of Godhead? The goddess of fortune, Lakshmiji, Lord Brahma, and Lord Shiva are not independently powerful. They are powerful as expansions of the Supreme Lord. 
and all of them are engaged in the transcendental loving service of the Lord. And so also are the living entities. There are four sects of worshipful devotees of the Lord, and the chief amongst them are the Brahma Sampradaya, Rudra Sampradaya, and Sri Sampradaya, descending directly from Lord Brahma, Lord Shiva, and the goddess of fortune Lakshmi, respectively. Besides the above-mentioned three Sampradayas, there is the Kumara Sampradaya, descending from Sanat Kumar. All the four original Sampradayas are still scrupulously engaged in the transcendental service of the Lord, up to date, and they all declare that Lord Krishna, Mukunda, is the Supreme Personality of Godhead, and no other personality is equal to him or greater than him. Text 22 Self-controlled persons who are attached to the Supreme Lord Sri Krishna can all of a sudden give up the world of material attachment, including the gross body and subtle mind, and go away to attain the highest perfection of the renounced order of life, by which non-violence and renunciation are consequential. Purport by Srila Prabhupada Only the self-controlled can gradually be attached to the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Self-controlled means not indulging in sense enjoyment more than is necessary. And those who are not self-controlled are given over to sense enjoyment. Dry philosophical speculation is a subtle sense enjoyment of the mind. Sense enjoyment leads one to the path of darkness. Those who are self-controlled can make progress on the path of liberation from the conditional life of material existence. The Vedas, therefore, enjoin that one should not go to the path of darkness, but should make a progressive march toward the path of light or liberation. Self-control is actually achieved not by artificially stopping the senses from material enjoyment, but by becoming factually attached to the Supreme Lord by engaging one's unalloyed senses in the transcendental service of the Lord. The senses cannot be forcibly curbed, but they can be given proper engagement. Purified senses, therefore, are always engaged in the transcendental service of the Lord. This perfectional stage of sense engagement is called bhakti-yoga. So those who are attached to the means of bhakti-yoga are factually self-controlled and can all of a sudden give up their homely or bodily attachment for the service of the Lord. This is called the paramahamsa stage. Hamsas, or swans, accept only milk out of a mixture of milk and water. Similarly, those who accept the service of the Lord instead of Maya's service are called Paramahamsas. They are naturally qualified with all the good attributes, such as pridelessness, freedom from vanity, 
nonviolence, tolerance, simplicity, respectability, worship, devotion, and sincerity. All these godly qualities exist in the devotees of the Lord, spontaneously. Such paramahamsas, who are completely given up to the service of the Lord, are very rare. They are very rare even amongst the liberated souls. Real nonviolence means freedom from envy. In this world, everyone is envious of his fellow being. But a perfect paramahamsa, being completely given up to the service of the Lord, is perfectly non-envious. He loves every living being in relation with the Supreme Lord. Real renunciation means perfect dependence on God. Every living being is dependent on someone else because he is so made. Actually, everyone is dependent on the mercy of the Supreme Lord. But when one forgets his relation with the Lord, he becomes dependent on the conditions of material nature. Renunciation means renouncing one's dependence on the conditions of material nature, and thus becoming completely dependent on the mercy of the Lord. Real independence means complete faith in the mercy of the Lord without dependence on the conditions of matter. This Paramahamsa stage is the highest professional stage in Bhakti Yoga, the process of devotional service to the Lord. Text 23. O Rishis, who are as powerfully pure as the sun, I shall try to describe to you the transcendental pastimes of Vishnu as far as my knowledge is concerned. As the birds fly in the sky as far as their capacity allows, so do the learned devotees describe the Lord as far as their realization allows. Purport by Srila Prabhupada The supreme, absolute truth is unlimited. No living being can know about the unlimited by his limited capacity. The Lord is impersonal, personal, and localized. By his impersonal feature, he is all-pervading, Brahman. By his localized feature, he is present in everyone's heart as the Supreme Soul. And by his unlimited personal feature, he is the object of transcendental loving service by his fortunate associates, the pure devotees. The pastimes of the Lord in different features can only be estimated partly by the great learned devotees. So Srila Sutta Goswami has rightly taken the position in describing the pastimes of the Lord as far as he has realized. Factually, only the Lord himself can describe himself, and his learned devotee also can describe him as far as the Lord gives him the power of description. 